Without you, um, life would be impossible, literally. So uh, thank you so very much uh, for hanging out with us this morning at One Church. I want to let you know this. Um, we are starting a new series today entitled Frantic Family. And uh, we're going to be looking at families and parenting over the next five weeks. And uh, I wanted to say uh, just a short caveat that even though we're talking about family, uh, Kim and I, this is my wife Kim, uh, we're going to be teaching this series together. Kim and I, we don't have this thing figured out yet. Um, I'll tell you, I was a student pastor for 12 years, uh, pastoring other people's teenagers. And it was, I just thought parenting is really easy. Uh, until I got a teenager of my own. And uh, I realized it's not. So um, as we move forward in this series, I don't want to come across as we're experts because we're not. We're still struggling. There's some days I'm, I, I feel like things are great. And there's some days I truly fail. And let me introduce you a couple of pictures of my family. Uh, this is our family back in 2008. So we have three boys. And, um, and you can tell Bing, B-I-N-G, like Bing Crosby, he's not quite a year old yet. Then our middle son, Jed, and then there's Walt. And we actually took this next picture yesterday, and you can see that things have changed. It's amazing what happens when you feed them. So um, we now have a 16-year-old. Walt is 16. He's on the right. And uh, he went on his first date last night. Kim will talk to you a little bit about that. Uh, today. Um, and then our, our youngest son, Bingham, uh, he is actually going to be turning eight years old in just a few months in August. And then we have Jed, uh, who's our middle child. He is 10 years old and he is in fifth grade getting ready to go into middle school. So um, this is our family. Uh, this is my wife. We've been married for 22 years and, uh, and we still love each other. So that's good. Oh. <laughs> Uh, we need to do that in slow motion. Hey. Anyway, um, uh, we got a marriage series coming up in August. We'll uh, come back and do that later. Anywho, but I, I just want to say we don't have this thing figured out. And some of you, if you've been a parent for any amount of time, you realize that it's more difficult than it looks like. It is. And uh, just in case you're one of those people that maybe you've never been to church before, or maybe you've been to church, maybe you've bounced out, you thought, you know what? The people in biblical times, they were all good parents. They weren't. They were some of the jacked up people, most jacked up people ever meet. In fact, let me kind of tell you two, all right? First, the very first family in the Bible is Adam and Eve, right? Adam and Eve had two sons, Cain and Abel, and guess what? They, these brothers loved each other so much, one killed the other. So you thought your, you know, your children fought all the time, at least they're not killing one another, right? Let me show you very quickly also for the Bible about the Son of God, Jesus, his family. Now, if, again, if you never don't know that much about church, let me kind of explain this. Mary had a son, his name was Jesus, and Joseph was his stepfather. And the reason why Joseph was his stepfather is because God was the father. So God entrusted the Savior of the world to Joseph and Mary, okay? Now, just in case you think that Joseph and Mary were perfect parents, let me pop that balloon right now because they choose to go on their version of a vacation. And this is found in Luke chapter 2. They go on their version of a vacation, and here's what happens. After the celebration was over, this is from Luke 2, 43, they started home to Nazareth, but Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents didn't miss him at first. Did you know? That Mary and Joseph, who was entrusted the Savior of the world, 
lost Jesus. Right? Lost Jesus. They left him back in Jerusalem, and they traveled for, we're going to see, an, an entire day. Because Joseph assumed that Mary had him, and Mary assumed that Joseph had him. And you know what happens when you assume? Don't say it at church. All right, keep on going. His parents didn't miss him at first. That's just crazy to me, right? How many of y'all, honestly, you've ever left your children? Okay, thank you. I have. It'll be me and you. Our children need counseling, I'm sure. Um, his parents didn't miss him at first because they assumed he was among the other travelers. But when he didn't show up that evening, look what happens. They didn't show up that evening. They started looking for him among their relatives and friends. Now, look at this. This is interesting. You know how long he stayed lost? I mean, this is some DCS type of material. When later, verse 25, they couldn't find him, they went back to Jerusalem and searched for him there. And how long? Three days. Three days they finally found him. <laughs> I wonder if God's up in heaven going, I should have rethunked this, right? <laughs> I don't know. So just in case you're wondering and you got your guard up and you're thinking, they're going to browbeat me or they're going to give me a lot of guilt. We're not. Because we're really messed up, and Joseph and Mary was really messed up as well. They just were. That's just parenting. If you think you got figured out, the one thing I know about you is you don't have kids yet. Just you don't have kids yet. So this is where we're going. And today we're specifically talking about time. We're talking about this idea of time. In fact, the best way I can show you this is to watch this video. Y'all watch it. for myself. Chris said that, you know, we want to be careful because we're not perfect parents, and that is absolutely the truth. And all three of our boys are in the service. Do not speak to them. Stay away from my children. Don't ask them any personal questions about my family. I'm not going to talk to your children. You don't talk to mine, okay? How about that? All right, but I do have to tell you that I have to make a personal disclaimer that we're talking about time, and I happen to be one of the most time-challenged people on the face of this earth. If you know me, do not clap. Whenever I have to be somewhere, if someone says 10 o'clock, at about 10, 12, I'll come screeching in on two wheels. And we are here. I'm like, get out of the car, boys. We got to go. And that is my life. I, for some reason, I think I can put 29 things in the space of about two. And I'm just constantly just fighting the clock. And this dear and wonderful, godly man right here, this is the man 
has learned, don't rush her. Don't sit in the car and honk the horn. Any of you who are not married in this room, do not sit in the car and honk the horn. Don't do that. Don't send the children in to say, Mom, are you ready to go yet? Don't do it. Just, just keep the children out of it. Because for those of us who are like me and who are time-challenged, I, I cannot tell you how much I hate it. Because I know that I'm always the one that everyone's waiting on. And when I pull up in two wheels and I'm dragging my kids out of the car and I'm, you know, still trying to get myself together, I know that I've disappointed everyone who's waiting. And try it as I might. It's just a thing for me. It's just something I constantly battle. So the fact that we're talking about time today automatically puts me in the huh category. Because I'm just, I'm so time challenged. And what I want to say to you today is that we've got to start thinking about the time that we have with our children. Because there's less time than we think. When they're born to us and they're those tiny little babies, we think that we've got forever and we cherish those moments with them. And before we know it, they're in kindergarten and then kindergarten rolls by and we've gone first, second, oh wow, third grade. Now we're, now we're at middle school, then comes high school. I mean, the years, they just pass us by. And really, truly, honestly, we have less time than we think. So I want to take a look at a couple of verses this morning, beginning in Psalm chapter 39, verse 4. If you have your Bible, please feel free to open it to that. If not, you can get on your phone. We um, have version Live, where you can follow along with the service, and the verses will also be up on the screen. So Psalm 39, verse 4 says this, Lord, remind me. And the question is, remind me of what? Remind me of how brief my time on earth will be. Remind me of how brief my time will be. I, you know, I, I got to be honest. Sometimes I don't want to be reminded of that. There's lots of other things I need to be reminded of, like to set my clock 15 minutes earlier. But I don't necessarily want to be reminded about that. I don't want to be reminded that I am 43 years old and that I still think that I'm 25. Can't believe that I'm here. Can't believe in that picture you saw of my gorgeous guys and my, my sons and my amazing husband, that that oldest one is now 16. I can't believe it. I can't believe I'm at this place. Where has the time gone? And in this verse where he says, Lord, remind me of how brief my time is on earth. Basically, slow me down. Make me think. Don't let me be in such a rush that I forget about the time that I have because the time is short. Remind me that my days are numbered and how fleeting my life is. And then in verse 5, we get this picture. You have made my life no longer than the width of my hand. My entire lifetime is just a moment to you. And at best, each of us is but a breath. The width of our hand. Some of us are at the stage where we're trying to spread that puppy out a little bit more. I need a little more time. I'm running out of time from here to here. And then, and then he says, You have made my life no longer than a breath. The width of my hand, my entire lifetime is just a moment at best. Each of us is but a breath. And then in the Bible, there's a word off to the side, and it says interlude. That's a musical term from the book of Psalms. And basically an interlude is a portion of music without any words. And, it's, and for us, there's a significance in that. There's a symbolic thing because that interlude is the time for us to stop, think, pay attention, slow down, be wise in the time that we have. 
because our time goes quickly. And when we think about it, it can be kind of depressing when we watch our time roll on and we realize our kids are, are just flying out of our homes between school projects and, and games and activities. Time keeps rolling. Time keeps moving. And we have far less time than we think. Psalm 39, 6 says, We are merely moving shadows, and we are busy rushing around, and it ends in nothing. And did, you, did you see that? It says we are busy. How many of y'all are busy? Let's be honest. All of us are busy, right? Now, I'm going to tell you, as we go through the next five weeks and talk about this parenting series, one of your pushbacks, here's what it's going to be. It's going to be, I'm busy. Chris, okay, you don't live my life. You don't know how many kids I have. And, you know, with my job and this season of life, I'm busy, and I don't have enough time for this. And that's what we're talking. It's the reason why we're talking about time today. Because let me tell you, the time that you have now, it's shorter than you think with your children. Because time flies. And if you're not careful, if you're not intentional about your time, you're going to have wished all of that time away. In fact, this is what verse 6 says. We heap up wealth not knowing who will spend it. Now again, I think that's easy. I know who's going to spend it. Who's going to spend yours? Kids. Right? Right? They're going to spend it. If you don't spend it first, they're going to spend it. And here's the thing. I want us to just, just sit in this tension that our time is limited. Now, I want to make this assumption. I want to make this assumption that we have our children from 0 to 18 years. Now, some of you, you have a 41-year-old living in your basement. That's when you need to move. All right? You say, here's the keys. Here's the mortgage. I'm, I'm deuced out, right? So our goal is not to have 40-year-olds in the basement. And, and some of you, you've been there. We've been there. Uh, we've moved back into my parents' basement. That's how we got Bing, hey. right? In fact, that's the reason why we named him Bing. Bing! Just telling you. So there you go. So uh, that wasn't in my notes. I need to stay on my notes. Anyway, so um, I sell that by saying this. We have less time than you think. We do. So let's assume that you have your children until 18 years old. Because what, we, what you saw with our parents' dedication, we also have up here. We, every one of these marbles represents a weekend that you have with your children. And the reason why we do this, and it's our big idea today, and it simply says this. When you see how much time you have left, you tend to get serious about the time that you have. When you see how much time you have left, you tend to get serious about the time that you have now. So that's our goal for you, is I want you to see how much time you have left. If you have an infant, we had a lot of infants, and I see you hold little babies out there. Uh, if you have an infant, you have 936 marbles. You have 936 weekends or 936 Sundays that you can spend as you're loving on Ruby Joe, right? I mean, that's just it. You've got 936, and you're thinking, wow, that doesn't seem like a lot of time. Well, it's not. And here's the point. When you see how much time you have left, you tend to get serious about the time that you have now. So, infants, 936. Now, fifth graders, our middle child, Jed, he is a fifth grader, getting ready to go into sixth grade. If you're a fifth grader and if you're a parent of a fifth grader, here's how many weekends you have left. 416 before they graduate, before they turn 18. 416. That's about half what you had before. Here's the point. You have less time than you think. Time is flying. And when you see how much time you have left, 
you have this tendency of, okay, the time that I have now, I'm going to get serious with it. Now, 10th grader, we have a, we have a 16-year-old, Walt, who's in 10th grade. Here's how many weekends we have left with Walt, and it is 156 weekends, or 156 Sundays, before he is gone. That's something. 156. Eventually, you know what you're going to have? You're going to have this. A jar of empty marbles because they're done. And they're out. And you're, you, you're wondering, when are they ever going to call? And will they ever come home? And will that relationship ever be restored? You see, all of us, we got to get serious about the time that we have now. And that is our goal for today. In Psalm 90, verse 12, it says, Teach us to number our days so that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Chris mentioned earlier that our son Walt went on um, his first date yesterday with a very sweet and lovely young lady. Some of you may know her. And, um, you know, I, I'm one of those moms that when Walt went to kindergarten, I was like, yes, we made it. <laughs> we got this wrapped up. You know, I was just, I was glad. You know, I wasn't one of those crying moms. I was ready. And, you know, as each child has been born, they've started school. I'm like, oh, yeah, moving on. And uh, so last night, Walt is out on his date, and Chris was catching a little nap, and I'm downstairs in the living room by myself, and y'all, oh, my gosh. I fell apart. All those years of being so excited about all the accomplishments and, oh, look what we're moving through, that came to a screeching halt. The walls of my heart broke open, and all I could do was blubber, guys. It was a nasty cry. I mean, it was like the snot, the mascara. I mean, it was like the... <laughs> it was one of those. I went upstairs. She woke me up oh my from gosh. a dead sleep, oh. and she's like, she, she can't even breathe. She can't even talk. And I'm thinking, somebody's died, somebody's passed away, so I'll grab her, I'll hang on to her, and, you know, and, and, and I'm trying to ask her, what's wrong? She can't tell me what's wrong. Couldn't speak. And so finally... Uh, as I got calmed down a little bit, you know, I just I started to say, no, nobody, nobody, nobody. And finally, I was able to say, nobody knows. Nobody knows the, the journey that Walt and I have been on. Nobody knows how much I love him. Nobody knows all the prayers that have been lifted. Nobody knows all the sleepless nights. Not, not with Walt. Now, you may know with your child, but you don't know with Walt. Nobody knows that like I do. And that's not to leave Chris out, but nobody knows. And it was that moment for me when I just, I just came to that place where I was like, teach us to number our days, a heart of wisdom. Oh, God, give me a heart of wisdom for my son. Help me to know how to give him wings to fly, to be able to serve you with a heart of passion without attaching weights to his feet. Let him be what you want him to be. Don't let me hold him back. But our time is limited, and when you realize how much time you have left, you begin to value and take a hold of the time that you have now. You know, there's something about seeing and putting a number to these weeks and months and years you have in this relationship. And, you know, she mentioned this heart of wisdom. What is a heart of wisdom? I don't know, but I think it's kind of the opposite of being stupid and being dumb with our time. And here's the thing, if we're not careful, we will coast through life 
and we won't make those memories. We won't be intentional in spending time with our children. So as we start wrapping this up today, I just want to give you three ways, three ways that you can apply this big idea. That here's the thing, when we recognize the time that we have left, we tend to get serious about the time that we have now. So I want us to look, I want us to apply this in three different ways. And the first one is, I think, as parents, we have to demonstrate both grace and truth. Let me explain what that looks like, grace and truth, grace and truth. You know, some of you, you are parents, and you love the relationship with your children. That's awesome. You're probably grace parents, all right? Others of you, you parent, and there's a lot of rules, all right? And those are truth parents, right? And usually what happens is a grace parent and a truth parent, they will get together and they will have kids and one parent has a tendency to go, okay, this is when this has to happen and this rule and this rule and this rule and this rule. And then another parent is like, you know what, let's just, can we just hold hands and sing Kumbaya, right? I mean, can we just love? And here's the thing, if we tend to get on either one of those extremes, we start getting ourselves in trouble. But let me tell you, when you live in the tension of both grace and truth, not being either or, but both and, there's tension there. And that's when you value the relationship over rules. And let me tell you, who did this the best? It's Jesus Christ. In fact, this is what it says in John chapter 1, verse 14. It says, becoming a human and being, look at this, being full of grace and truth. What is the result if you, if, if you manage this tension of being full of both grace and truth at the same time? Here it is. You will have influence. And that's what these next three words mean, that Jesus lived among us. He lived among us, and we saw his glory, in which he received as the Father's only Son. So Jesus was full not just of truth and not just of grace, but he had both grace and and truth. And let me tell you, when you parent showing both grace and truth, what you will show them is literally the character of Jesus Christ. The next thing that we want to talk about is healthy boundaries. At our house, we refer to these as guardrails. It's the thing that mom and dad are going to tell you to help give some direction to how you should go, maybe what that thought process might be, how you might approach a situation. And so, so there's these guardrails on either side. And you've got a little freedom to kind of move around in the middle, but you want to be careful and not go off too far to one side or the other because if you do, you're going to smack right into a guardrail. And that probably isn't going to feel too good. We want to take that balance of that grace and that truth, and we want to marry those together, and we want to set limits for our children. Our children do not need us to be their best buddies. I mean, come on, y'all. How many 15-year-olds have you seen intentionally hanging out with a 45-year-old? That's just not a direction they tend to go. And so as their parents, as those who are ahead of them, as those who God has entrusted our children to us, we really need to use that wisdom and that knowledge. And, you know, sometimes I know as parents who want to be like, well, hey, I I did it when I was a kid and I turned out just fine. Well, maybe so. But your child isn't exactly like you. So let's follow the heart of God for our children. Let's listen to his wisdom. Let's be in his word. And let's use that influence so that we may see them grow in a positive direction that will last a lifetime. Third thing is we, and, and we're asking, to intend, and this is not going to sound deep. I'm going to be the first one to say this. When I say this, you're going to go, of course I do that, right? 
But really, I really want you to evaluate the time that we do this. And this is this. Spend time with your kids. Number three, spend time with your kids. Now, again, when I say that, you're going, of course I do. I do that. But do you really? Let me tell you. Uh, uh, there's uh, Harvard did this um, study based on CEOs, uh, the, the chief executive officer of corporations. And they asked the question, how much meaningful time does a CEO spend with their children? How much meaningful time? I'm not talking about, hey, go brush your teeth, go take a shower, go take a shower again, it didn't work, right? Whatever that is. How much meaningful time do they spend with their children? And here's the answer. 17 seconds of meaningful time, of meaningful conversation. And here's the thing. You can think, those CFOs are really jacked up, aren't they? But listen, let's just be honest. How much meaningful time have you spent with your children this past week? Being intentional of using not just time, because these marbles represent time, but they represent something else, even more important, and that is influence. Because here's what I know. I know that as, as teens and as children grow up into teenagers, <laughs> that they want to buck against their parents and buck against those boundaries like Kim had mentioned. But here's what I know. The most influential person in your, ch- in your child's life is the parent. Not their, not their friends, not their buddies, not even media. That you have the most influence on your children's lives. So how do you do that? I want to give you two practical things, and they're actually apps you can download. The first one is called the Parent Cube. And uh, I said in the first service um, that it's a free app. Uh, I think I got it for free. I think it costs like a buck ninety nine now, so you don't have to do it. But here's a picture of it. It's called the Parent Cue, C-U-E. And what it is is you can go on and you can download this, and it gives you practical things that you can do with your children revolving around spiritual matters when they wake up, over breakfast, as you're driving in the car with them, as you're hanging out for lunch, and even for time in bedtime. It's very practical. There's videos, there's songs, and this is specifically good for those who have um, preschoolers or early elementary age. And there's another app, and this app is called the Bible app. Really, really good. It's called the Bible app for children. In fact, let me show you. Here is the Bible app for kids right now. I got it on mute. But this is David and Goliath. So a free app that you can download off the app store. And you're thinking, well, I don't know how to do this as a parent. Maybe you, you think, I don't know the Bible as well as I should. You know what? You don't have to. You can download the app, and before they go to bed, hey, let's read the story of David and Goliath. So this is, this is one of those areas that's a free app that you can go on the app store, the Bible app for kids. So I'd encourage you, just be intentional about your time. Be very intentional about it. Because you've got less time than you think. And what I know is we have a tendency, well, I I got 400 marbles. I've got 150 marbles left. I'm good. Here's what I know. Then when we actually see the time that we have left, we start getting serious about the time that we have now. With our kids now. In this moment. So don't put it on autopilot. Don't put it on autopilot. Um, I would encourage you guys uh, if, to hang out with us this series. We're going to do this for five weeks. Next week, we're talking about setting those healthy boundaries.
things. And Kim and I, we're going to be teaching this together. Uh, I'm really excited about that because you're not just getting my perspective, you're getting her perspective, and you're going to realize um, that our, our children are great kids. They've turned out much better than we are as parents. And uh, I pray that as you walk through this journey with us, um, that you would do so, and you would be a parent that's full of both grace and truth and taking the time that you have seriously now. Because I'm going to do is I'm going to ask my wife to pray, and then we're going to get off stage, and we've got two videos I want you to show. Um, one is about a new small group that's coming for parents, uh, and you could be able to get involved in that if you're interested. And the second one is something called Jumpstart, and that's where parents take their children to figure out how to begin that relationship with Jesus. So, Kim, would you mind praying for us? Dear God, we come to you this morning and we ask you to help us to understand time. Help us to remember that you give us time, you are the creator of time, and that it is a gift to us. It is a gift to us in our relationship with you, in our relationship with our friends, and in our relationship with our children. Help us to remember, Lord, that we have the width of our hand. Don't let us take a single moment for granted. Help us to invest mightily in every moment. Father, I know there are probably some parents here today whose hearts are absolutely worn out. We come to the end of our day. We get in bed and we turn out the light and our, and our hearts and our minds are just overwhelmed with the responsibility of the children that you entrust to us. We question ourselves. We question our words. We question the time. We question our actions because there isn't a perfect way to do it. But help us to remember, Lord, that you have given us these children and you have given our children us as their parents. You do not make mistakes. You do not forget a detail. You have chosen our families. You love families. You have a heart for that. And so for those of us who are parents here today, I pray that we would look to you, not question ourselves, but look to you and say, Lord, what is your plan? What is it that you want to accomplish, not only in me, but in these children? For those of us, Lord, who may have already raised our children or are not parents yet, please help us to remember our time is just as important. Help us to number our days that we may have a heart of wisdom, that we may be aware of what you are doing and where you are leading us. And God, we ask you to help us not to miss it. Help us not to be so busy and wrapped up in our agenda that we miss yours. Be mindful of our days. Stop and take note. Don't let us miss this, Lord. Not individually and not as a church. We look to you and we ask you, give us wisdom as we number our days.